Hey everybody, this is Troy, one of the pastors at First Church of the Nazarene. Thank you for listening to the podcast. It is a glimpse into the life of our church. We are ordinary people being transformed into passionate followers of Jesus. And we are committed to join God in the remaking of all things. I pray that this sermon is a blessing and helps you join God today. If we can serve you in any way, we would love to. Please get a hold of us at lafayettenaz.org. Have a great day. We don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. We don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. All right, I took you to Chicago. I want you to come with me to the church office. Come with me to the church office. Every once in a while, the church office, we get these really great phone calls. We get phone calls from people who've had a little run-in with the law, and they need to do a little bit of community service. So they'll call up and they'll say, hey, will you help us? Will you help us out? We have some community service hours to do. And we're always glad for the, I mean, free, free labor. You know, who doesn't like that? We'll take full advantage of that. So anytime we get, if you have something y'all need to do, <laughs> don't raise your hand. Um, we get these phone calls. And so several summers ago, we got one of these phone calls. And a gentleman came in. And, and this gentleman was, um, his, his primary language was not English. His primary language was Spanish. So, um, you know, I don't know very much Spanish. Every single year, I set a resolution, a goal for myself that I'm going to learn a little bit of Spanish. And, and well, you know how that goes. It doesn't go very well. So I don't, know, I don't know very much. But for whatever reason, many of us in the church office felt like the way to communicate with this gentleman who didn't speak much of our language was to do this, was to do this. Instead of talking fast and slow, or, or fast and soft, we should talk really loud and also slow. Our expectation was that if we talked loud and slow, that we could then carry on a conversation with someone, you get what I'm saying, who doesn't speak the language. Now, I don't know why we thought that. That's the expectation that we had in our mind. But here's the reality. I also don't know French. Some of you might know French. You could talk French as loud and as slow to me as you would want to. And am I going to, Christian, am I going, am I going to understand what you're saying? No, no. And that poor gentleman, all he knew was look at these white folk talking loud and slow to me. I have no idea what they're saying. Listen. We don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. All right, I took you to Chicago. I took you to the church office. Let's go to your house. Let's go to your house. So you've said this year, I'm going to be a better parent. I'm going to be a better spouse. I'm going to spend money better and save money. Your expectation is, is that at the end of 2019, the person that you are will be better than the person you currently are. 
But then life happens. I mean, that was January 2nd when you said that. It's now what? January what? January something, 20-something. How, how is all of that going? Work gets stressful. Your relationship with your spouse is stressful. Your kids will not listen to you. They won't take their eyes off their tablet or their screen and actually pay attention. No, Nothing is as you imagined it to be in your mind. And we're not even into the month of February yet. And all of us feel this collective... Because... We don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. One more scene. Come with me to, this is the furthest away, the the ancient city of Ephesus. The ancient city of Ephesus. Paul, we just read his words. Paul spent a lot of years going around to different cities in the ancient Near East. And when he would go into a new city, he had a goal in his mind. And the goal in his mind was to start a new church, to create a new community of followers of Jesus. And along the way, he developed a team of people who would like help him out, who would support him and assist him in his mission to start these new churches and to develop these new churches in these new cities. One of the people that Paul gathered to come alongside him to give support to him was a guy by the name of Timothy. And one of the churches that Paul started was in a city called Ephesus. And Ephesus grew to become this really important church. It was already a very important city, and the church that Paul started grew to have a lot of influence and to become really important. Well, Paul heard through the grapevine through so-and-so who told so-and-so who told so-and-so, that the church in Ephesus that he had helped to start was having problems. They're starting to believe goofy things. They were losing their focus. They were starting to teach things that were contrary to the teaching of Jesus. Paul was not okay with this. So Paul said to Timothy, hey, I need you to go to Ephesus, and I need you to confront the problems of that church Let's fix it. Let's address it. Help me out. I'm going to send you. So Timothy goes. He goes to Ephesus and he starts doing the work. Well, Paul writes a letter to Timothy to follow up with him, to see how it's going, and to communicate with him so that he can fulfill that mission. We have a copy of that letter. It's in our Bibles. We just read from it. It's called the book of 1 Timothy. Part of Timothy's job was to correct these poor beliefs that some of the leaders in the church in Ephesus had. They'd come to believe this really weird stuff. They started to teach people, hey, only eat certain things, don't eat other things. They even began to tell people, hey, don't get married. Like, don't get married anymore. And Paul heard about all of those beliefs, and he thought they were crazy. So as he's already instructing Timothy, and Timothy is there, and he's dealing with these people, Paul goes all the way back to Genesis 1. He teaches them, hey, this is how it really works. This is really what God intended. Paul wrote all of that stuff. He wanted to make sure they had the right beliefs. But then he knew something else. He knew, hey, 
Timothy is going to be living with and working with and eating with and dealing with these people every single day. And I don't want Timothy to get influenced negatively by these crazy beliefs. So Paul uses an image that was that was that is unfamiliar to us but would have been very familiar to Timothy to help him make a point. Now Ephesus is a Greek city. And like any good Greek city, they have a stadium in their city center. And the stadium is open air and in the stadium that is where athletes train. Greek if you remember, one of the pillars of Greek civilization is athletics, you know, the Olympics and all of that. You know, that whole thing, Bob Costas comes on the scene, and it's, it's great. The Olympics, that all goes all the way back to Greece. And like any good Greek city, Ephesus has the stadium there in the city center. And the athletes there, they trained every single day, every single day. All day long, athletes were there training. So when you and I, when we would go to the market to try to get some food to eat to bring home to our family, oh, there are the athletes, they're training. When you would, when you would go to school, there they are. When you would go to work, there they are. They trained every single day. But their training was kind of unique. Ancient Greek athletes in Ephesus Trained in the nude, naked. So when you went to the market to get something to eat, you would really see them. Really see them. So Paul sends Timothy to Ephesus to fix the problems of the church. And Paul doesn't want Timothy to be swayed by these goofy beliefs. So Paul says to Timothy, train for a holy life. Train yourself in holy living. Train yourself unto godliness. He says train. Now notice something. He didn't say try it. He didn't say try it. He says train. Did you know there is a difference, fundamentally, between trying and training? Did you know there was a difference? There is. There's a difference. There's, first of all, a difference in the level of commitment. There's a difference in the level of commitment. When we try something, we, we try it to see if it works. We give it a shot. You know, if we meet something, or if we meet a little bit of resistance, or it doesn't produce results immediately, ah, we can quit. You know, we tried it, but it didn't work. Or if we, we try something because we think, oh, this is going to make me happier, and we try it for a couple times, but it doesn't make us happier, well, hey, man, no problem. We tried. We tried it. It's like what we say to our children when we're trying to get them to eat something other than chicken fingers or macaroni and cheese or pizza or hamburgers. We say to them, what do we say to them? I need you to try it once. Just try it. One time. Some of us, we do this. Just smell it. Okay. Put it on your fork and put it up to your lips. 
okay, now can you try licking it? Can you lick it? Oh, does it, it does, see, it tastes pretty good. Yeah, can you, can you lick that? Okay, can, now come on, just open up your mouth and just try it one time. If you don't like it, you can always spit it out. But I need you to just try it once. Now, that is a low level of commitment. Can we agree? Imagine if we took that trying mentality. Imagine if we took that trying approach to like running a marathon. I'm going to try to run a marathon, we say to ourselves. And the alarm goes off and we roll out of bed on day one. And guess what? It's still dark at 6 a.m. Oh, and it's cold. Looks a little snowy. We roll back into bed. Hey, we tried. We tried. It didn't work out, but we tried, and we can always try again tomorrow. We don't, you, I, we don't try to run a marathon. You train. You train for a marathon. In fact, you train to become the kind of person that has the capacity to run a marathon. That principle, the difference between trying and training in terms of the level of commitment, is 100% true with regard to our spiritual life as well. The same principles that exist between the differences between trying and training and all of the other things of our life also exist within ourselves as we try or we train to become more like Jesus. How many times have I heard? How many times have you heard? How many times have we all said, I tried that Jesus thing? And it's really hard. Forgiving people, being generous, controlling my own body, changing my calendar so that I can give away my time, loving people who annoy me, eating with people I don't really like. It's hard. And let's not sugarcoat it. It's hard. It's hard. Becoming like Jesus, training to be the kind of person who has the capacity to live and act like Jesus is really, really hard. It's a challenge. And you know what's really sad to me is that in Western culture, not just in the church, but in Western culture in general, we have become the kind of people who avoid anything or anyone that is difficult. If it's hard, we're out. We're out. In fact, this is almost what it's equating to. It's almost like we believe, we've, become to, we've, we've begun to believe, that if it's hard, then it's not right. It's like sinful or something. If we approach following Jesus or becoming like Jesus with a I'm going to try it out mentality, we'll probably quit when it gets hard. And we'll never become the kind of person who has the capacity to be like Jesus. There is a difference between trying and training. There's a difference in the level of commitment. There's also a difference in the level of control. In the try mentality, who is in control? I am. I am. I'm the one who decides if I'm putting that food in my mouth. I'm the one who decides if I'm waking up to run. I decide if I'm dieting this week, this month, or if it starts in February, 
when I try, I'm in control. And again, think back to those resolutions that we all made at the start of 2019. And it's January 27th now. It's January 27th now. Has the diet started yet? Are we going to wait till February? Oh, Valentine's Day is in February. Maybe we'll just start trying in March. When we try, we're in control. But when you train, you lose control. Training involves submission. When you're training, you're being trained. You have a trainer. When you're training at work to learn a skill, someone is training you. You're not training yourself. When you're being coached in a sport or coached on how to learn a skill, you're not the one in charge anymore. You submit to the wisdom and the leadership of the person who is training you. And becoming like Jesus, being formed to be like Jesus, is not a try it out, do it on your own, within your own power sort of a thing. It's not a do this in my own ability thing. It's more of a I'm being trained thing. It's I'm going to submit to the process and I'm being taught and shaped and formed by someone who's further along the road than me. So when Paul writes to Timothy, he says, train yourself in holy living or train yourself unto godliness. He does not say try to be holy. He doesn't say try it and see if it works. Give it a shot. If it gets too hard, you can always back out. Hey, you tried it. He doesn't say try. He says train. And there's a difference in the level of commitment There's a difference in the level of control. And there's also a difference in the level of results. Here's what's really interesting. When Paul says to Timothy, train yourself in holiness, the word, like I said, that he uses for train would have been a common and familiar word for Timothy. It's not for us. This is the only time that word is used in the whole Bible. But it would have been for Timothy he would have seen it and heard it often in Ephesus. Because the word that Paul uses is literally the same word that's used in conjunction with the naked athletes who train in the city center. So literally, if we were translating that verse in 1 Timothy this morning, if we were translating it literally, it would read, train naked into holiness. Now listen, you creeps. Don't get any weird ideas. Paul doesn't literally mean train without your clothes on. But he does mean this. He's trying to paint that mental picture of how you can see what those athletes are doing. And you notice how they're training their bodies and you also see the results. And what Paul is trying to point out to Timothy is, the end result of what you see there, that is the result of training. It's not the result of trying. Now listen, lately on social media, people have been like posting those pictures of what they looked like 10 years ago and then like what they look like now, right? What they look like 10 years ago, 
and then what they look like now. And um, I have not participated in that. I wasn't planning on doing that, but I thought that I would just kind of give you a little bit of a visual of what, tr- what, like, what, what, what years, what years of results in age look like. So this is, this is Sherry and I as young whippersnappers. Sherry looks exactly the same. I look like I just got done from an in-sync, uh, like, dress-up sort of a thing. I'm thinking about going back to that hair. Yeah, Ben, that's right. Now, I show that to share with you the reality that I think we often forget about. We exaggerate, you and I, we exaggerate in our minds the results that we can achieve in a year, just in anything. And we underestimate the results that are able to be, re- be achieved in 10 years. We exaggerate what can be accomplished in one year, and we underestimate what can be accomplished in 10 years. And I wish that there was a way to leverage social media so that we could all see for ourselves like Paul is inviting Timothy to see for himself so that we could all see the results of the kind of person that we've become in 10 years instead of just what we look like on the outside. What does our life look like compared to what it looked like 10 years ago? Because we exaggerate what we can accomplish in a year, but we underestimate what can be accomplished in 10 years. There is a difference between trying and training in terms of the level of commitment. There's a difference between trying and training in terms of control, and there's a difference in results. If we approach following Jesus with a trying mentality, 10 years from now, the results of our life, and I got to be honest with you, it won't look much different. We'll still be trying and trying. You know what? Trying's better than not trying. But if we approach following Jesus with the mentality that Paul expresses to Timothy of training, 10 years from now, imagine imagine with me what, what your life, what my life could look like. What if we submitted ourselves fully to being trained by Jesus to become more like Jesus? And we recognize that within the first month, It's not going to be like all of a sudden we're a professional level Jesus follower. Because within a month, we're not going to become a professional level level kicker. Or we're not going to become a professional level marathon runner. Or a professional whatever. But what if we said, I am submitting myself to the process of being trained by Jesus so that I can live a holy life with the understanding that we're in this for the long game. Like God is in it for the long game with us. 
Maybe the image in our mind needs to be less about the quick fix and more about the artist who has a slab of marble and with a hammer and a chisel chisels out a masterpiece over years and years and years of time because we underestimate what can be done in 10 years because we're so busy exaggerating what can be done in one. What if instead of that trying mentality, we submitted to training? We realized, I got a lot of work left to do. And God's got a lot of work left to do in me. But I'm focused on that path. And I'm going to walk down it. And here's the other thing. When you're trying, you're responsible for the results. When you're training, that's on your trainer. That's on your trainer. And as the trainer cooperates with the trainee, it's the trainer who guides and forms and shapes. So Paul says to Timothy a word that I think Paul would speak to you and I. Don't try. That's exhausting. Be trained into holy living. Train yourself into holy living. And so the question really is this morning for us, are we trying to be a different kind of person or are we training for it? Are we trying or are we training? And remember this, if you want the life of Jesus, you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. That's the end result that we want then we've got to be trained in that lifestyle. You trying this morning? Are you trained?